Hello and welcome again to our home at Home Services. I'm hoping that you are familiar now with what happens and how we're able to connect with one another and fellowship in such an intimate setting. I love this because it really brings home to what the disciples talk about, where they described going from home to home, uh, breaking bread and fellowshipping. And so we, we love this expression, this connection that we find when we can come together in such a wonderful setting. I'm hoping again that this will be a blessing to you, that the word we will share today will again enlighten um, us all and that we can continue to grow and to be exactly what God wants us to be. Thank you again so much to our family pastor Ernest for that welcome and to our worship team loving what you're sharing and giving to us and we're believing that God continues to grow and inspire this whole process and um, we've gone through such amazing and wonderful um, messages in terms of the subject matter and what allows us to grow understand and to really develop our lives in Christ and we're going to continue today um, in that same vein but also looking at that next part of what we'd like to be looking at we've talked a lot about the spirit of God and being led by the spirit we're talking about manifest sons and we've gone through the different uh, dimensions of that what we haven't really sort of touched on is the sense of deliverance and we're going to be looking at what that looks like for us as believers in Christ how do we take up this mantle to be able to deliver those who are in need of deliverance and perhaps we ourselves may need some of that and so we're going to be going on to look at that but today I want to really talk around the subject here um, that is so important for us to grasp and it's all to do with um, our saviour being a deliverer and what that really means in order for us to have what he intended which was life and for somebody who is a deliverer they need somebody to deliver and so what is it that we need deliverance from we may all be in a position of sticky situation and you see where we need help or we need somebody to get us out of it but we know that in Christ this is so much deeper than simply a, uh, a happening or an instance. This is about our spiritual context as well as our physical and how that what happened with the fall of Adam and Eve at the beginning of our Bible, which tells us that Adam sins by denying or uh, obedience to what God had said, you know, don't eat of this particular fruit because if you do you will surely die and it was this his disobedience of Adam that caused what we now understand as the fall of mankind and subsequently we needed deliverance we need to be saved and that's a very familiar term for those of you who are around um, Christianity but it really just means that you know we are in a situation where we are lost and need to be found we're in a situation where we're bound and need to be set free we're in a situation where we are dead and need to be made alive and the only means by which this could happen was to have a savior a deliverer somebody who saves and we see this uh, exemplified in somebody who perhaps falls into a body of water and is maybe drowning they need somebody to save them somebody who is trapped or imprisoned by an individual needs somebody to deliver and save them and God is saying to us through his son that 
He loves us so much that in witnessing our uh, need for a saviour and witnessing our need for deliverance, the fact that we were now dead in trespasses and sins, he had to have a robust plan. What I love about God is that he's thorough and his intention was not to have to uh, send another saviour. And so he ultimately chooses the best, you know, in the first instance, and that is his son. And I love this because we have this great intimacy of the Father and the Son, and the Son who is so obedient to the will of the Father, understands that his role is to be a saviour. And so he divests himself of his glory, and it's the deity of, you know, the omnipresence and the omnipotence and the, um, you know, omniscience. And he, he takes off this ultimate cloak of glory and says to his Father, I'm going to go and perform this particular act of deliverance. I'm going to become a deliverer, a saviour of humanity. And when all other things have failed, this now is the ultimate plan. The Son of God, God himself coming through his Son to deliver and to save us. And I love this um, here because John 10 and verse 10 actually really highlights this. He says, the thief does not come except to kill, to steal, to destroy. So imagine, you know, you've got somebody breaking into your house. You need some form of deliverance, something to save or to uh, 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 help alleviate the situation. So, so the, 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 the thief comes to kill, to steal and destroy. But I have come. This is the mission now of our Saviour, Jesus Christ, that you might have life and that more abundantly. So we're talking here about life. And what does that mean? It's not simply just our human expression of inhaling and exhaling and of functioning. It is deeper. It's the spiritual context, that, that core of who we are that is in need of being rectified and God is sending his son in order now to save us, to now undo what has been done and to give us life and that more abundantly. So we can be living our lives but it's not abundant and this word abundant actually is talking about an ample quantity, living a life that is abounding and plenteous in expression. Copious means there's so much of it. So God is literally saying here, I have come, not that you simply are living, but that the life you are living is so infused with the life and the Spirit of God that it is abundant. It is more than. And so I don't know anybody who would want to reject having a, a super, superfluous life, a life that is so full, a life that is abundant, a life that is so rich, and saying, it's okay, I'll take the basic. Jesus has come that you might have life and have it abundantly, and in so doing, it means that we now have to be not only led by the Spirit, but infused by the Spirit. He came to seek and to save those who were lost. He's a deliverer. He's a saviour. 
And this is important to remember now when we even go into looking at deliverance and how we ourselves become deliverers. And here, abundant life, life that is full, life that is so rich and infused with the fullness of God that it allows us to transcend the ordinary. It allows us to be more than the, the simple uh, simplicity of what life wants to in, in, uh, sort of trap us in. And we are able to actually go beyond and above. We're able to expand out and to and go deeper. That's why God tells us that the, the whole nature of who he is is so far above what we can even comprehend. And he's looking to infuse us and to give us that abundant life. I love this passage here, Romans 8 verse 11 says, And if the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also restore life, your mortal, short-lived, perishable bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. I love this. It's telling us, one version says, it will quicken, meaning that, you know, the J.P. Phillips says, new strength and vitality will be yours through the Spirit of Christ of dwell, dwelling in us. He says, and if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, this is the Holy Spirit. Remember, we talked about being led by the Spirit. If that Spirit is dwelling in you and me, it means we are now experiencing abundant life, that we should be experiencing abundant life. And it says what it does, it restores life to our mortal so it's not simply just a spiritual thing. It's telling us that if the Spirit of God dwells in you, it has an impact on your mortal, your physical being. You should never be the same. That's why the Bible tells us in Corinthians that any man in Christ Jesus is a new creation. All things have passed away and all things become new. That's 1 Corinthians 5, 17. That, that, that this is who we are. And I love this also, the message version says, with his spirit living in you, your body will be as alive as Christ's. So we are supposed to be living abundant life. Somebody say abundant, it's just, again, by the very phrasing and the, the, the term, abundant. It really just reeks of the super expression, this richness that Christ is giving to us, that we are made alive again and the Spirit quickens our mortal body. So we are being transformed from glory to glory. This is the means and this is the outcome of a saviour, a deliverer, a deliverer who is far above all deliverers. He's the King of King and Lord of Lords. And he's coming to save us from the, 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 the things that want to rob us of what our Father has intended for us. And I'm sharing this really today in a simple form because I want us to really understand that we are supposed to be living abundant lives. Lives that are filled with the power of God's fullness and that allows us to understand that life matters. It's important. And it's really essential that you grasp this. Because, you see, if we don't, then we don't understand what it really means to go through challenge and what the real purpose of the Holy Spirit is when we are going through that challenge. Can I tell you that the purpose is life? 
that no matter what we go through, our outcome must be to live and to live abundant. And the enemy's plan is, if I can put you through pressure and struggle and squeeze your appetite, your desire for life out of you, you now become despondent and you're no longer being quickened and enlivened by the power of the Savior and Deliverer. So his plan is to get you depressed. His plan is to get you not understanding that you are supposed to be living an abundant, plenteous, an ample quantity of life. The life that's so um, resplendent and full that no matter what you go through, you bounce back. Why? Because you are being rejuvenated. You're being invigorated. And your mind, though it gets under attack, will now begin to re regroup and rebound back into fullness and often it goes even greater than it was before because now you've overcome something and you've been delivered by the deliverer who has quickening power, who has quickening life, who has abundant expression of life and allows you to say, no, I will live and not die. But remember, the thief comes to steal, to kill and destroy. He wants to take your life. So every challenge you go through is intended to prove, are you prepared to live or are you going to become suppressed and overtaken and downtrodden by life itself and almost then forlorn and despondent and perhaps on the way to depression, which is what the enemy wants, and therefore you begin to lose the desire and the will to live so that the spirit now becomes so subjected to the body that the spirit cannot quicken you and now you are going into that awful dark place. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. You need to tell the person next to you, live, live, live abundantly because the enemy wants to tell you that no, you've got to give up, give in. You're not going to make it. You can't take this. This is a really amazing passage here. This is uh, John 10. Verse 7 to 10. Look what it says here. It's really interesting. Verse 7. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Verse 8. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers. Remember we talked about that the, the, the enemy's plan is to, the thief comes to steal, to kill and destroy. And Jesus makes this point that all who ever came before me are thieves and robbers and the sheep did not hear them. Now, who is he talking about here? And this is absolutely fascinating because those who went before him were the prophets. So what is he saying? Now, he's not demeaning the prophets. He's not actually, uh, dis in fact, destroying or, or uprooting and, and, and throwing away what they have accomplished. But what he's saying here is actually to do with the Word. Remember, Jesus Christ is the living Word, and the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, and what the prophets were sharing was Word. But unfortunately, what the Bible tells us here is that in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 6, is that the letter kills. 
but the Spirit gives life. So despite we had these great and amazing prophets, but there was always still this outcome that the law, the letter, would kill. Because we'd always say, yes, but you are, you know, uh, in, 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 in wanting. You are actually short. You're coming up short. And you need, again, uh, the, the, the sacrifice to cover your sin. Because every single time you did something wrong, death was lurking at your door. There was always a price to pay. So no matter what they did or even declared and prophesied, there was always still the outcome that the law would say, yes, but death is lurking. But here we have a saviour who says, but I am the door. And all the things they did before couldn't take us through the door because actually Jesus had to remove the veil, that veil that, that, that denied us access to eternal life. And so here we have a saviour now who literally says and declares that he says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. So no matter what they did prior to Jesus Christ, they could not enter because he is the door. And so that's why when Jesus died and rose again, the Bible says he led captivity, captives and set them free because at that stage now, he was able to now include all those who had gone before. And he says, and through him, he says, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. But the thief does not come except to kill and to steal and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and that you may have it abundantly. I want to encourage you today that we are making a decision that no matter what we go through, we aim to live and that's why Christ is telling us that he has come to give us life he was wounded he was bruised now think about what we talked about how we were being made perfect through suffering so what happens is that we go through our suffering but we ultimately declare that we will live and not die this will not take me out and so humanity is always on a course to say no we're gonna live where there's hope there is an opportunity to survive this is not the end and Christ tells us that our hope is in him our hope is in Christ and I want to encourage you today that we, like Christ, will become deliverers as we walk this path to understand that no matter what the world does, tries to crush us. We've had people who've gone through serious challenging operations, serious situations, and the enemy wants to say, you're going to die. But God is saying, no, our passion and our drive through the Holy Spirit is that we live and we come through and we survive. Why? Because Christ is with us. That does it mean that if you die that this, everything is all wrong but you have to have this intention that Christ's plan for you is to live abundantly and that anything that is trying to take you out and to crush your spirit you are to fight against that knowing that in him he declares like I said that in him there is life in him there is power in him there is grace in him there is abundant life because he is our saviour. 
I just wanted to really lay this foundation because we are only capable of being deliverers if we understand that the purpose for deliverance is to always restore you back to abundant life. It's not just to live and survive and to make it through. How are we doing? Oh, I'm doing okay. No, you are born to live abundantly. And that's why we declare, as this passage has explained to us, that with his spirit, whose spirit? The spirit of Christ that dwells in us, living in you, your body will be as alive as Christ's. I wonder if we can really grasp what that means. If the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, it will quicken your mortal bodies. It will give you new strength and vitality. With the spirit, your body will be as alive as Christ. That's why Paul says it's no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. And until the mind grasps that, you will always be on the verge of dying, giving up. But I want to tell you today, don't let the enemy oppress you, tell you that it can't be done, tell you that you can't make it, tell you that, listen, yes, you said God loves you, but look what's happening. No, let him know that you have the spirit that raised Christ from the dead living in you and you are living an abundant life. And no matter what the enemy wants to do, you are going to live a life abundantly. And watch what the enemy will have to undergo because you have made a decision that for you to live is Christ and that in all situations you are going to go and strive to maintain the abundant life of the Spirit that though, he says, you, 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 your, your body feels crushed, though you feel under attack, but yet there's no weapon forged that can ever stand against you. That yes, the God who is for you will take you through the valleys of the shadow of death. You will fear no evil for he is with you. May God bless you today. May we stand on this as we go into this process of understanding the power of deliverance. It's always living. It's always life. It's always quickening. It's always power and authority to restore and to do what cannot be done. But it's the power of the Holy Spirit and it is life, abundant life through Jesus Christ. That's who we are. That's what makes you and I born again children of the living God, sons of God, daughters of God through the power of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Let him who raised Christ from the dead, the Spirit, cause you to live life and that more abundantly. May God bless you today.